Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest books in the Dawn of X, X-Men line of comics. Nailed it. Fucking nailed that Damn. one. Damn. It took me like 22 episodes, I think. I don't I remember. I have to look up it. the number every time. That was really good, man. Yeah. I want our I'm listeners... fuck up next week. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. You'll probably never get it again now. Um, <laughs> I'll just see if I can cut that and then we'll just put it in every episode. Every time. <laughs> you never write these down either. So that's off memory, no. man. That's pretty yep. good. That's pretty good. I try, I try right. but not try really hard, like writing down. I don't no. try that hard. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I have my limits. That's honestly, that's the effort we put into this podcast in general. We try. Yeah. We just don't try super hard. No. We have the best intentions. Yeah. So I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the continuing decreasing, like he's in the Stephen King movie, Thinner. <laughs> Listen, it's better than my joke last time, apparently, that you cut yeah. out. So I'm just going to do a Stephen King Thinner that's, joke that's instead fair. of a, whatever gonna, joke I made before. I'm not going to censor you this time. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the the man, the, the what's the, 1984... <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm the one who's out here censoring Nick every time he has a, a joke that he the thinks is association. good. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah that's good. what I am. I am the comics <laughs> code. I'm the comics code authority to, to Yeah, it was a good joke. Um, <laughs> but we um, editorial, Don't de- that. <laughs> editorial decisions were made for a reason. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, welcome to the show. We are now a few more days closer. No, we're not. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. It's going to happen to the new mutants coming in theaters. Maybe not in Florida because Florida is, especially South Florida is not the best right now. No. But <laughs> it is going to happen. New mutants will be coming out. It will probably be fine. But I can't wait to talk about it eventually. I will actually be out of the state when that movie is allegedly supposed to come out. Where the hell are you so. going? I'm going out of the state. We oh, can talk, we can talk oh, about it when this thing is oh, recording. Okay. But I'm going out of the state for a little bit. So <laughs> maybe it'll be showing where I'm going. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, so also this weekend is my birthday. Woo woo. Woo You want to tell the listeners how how oh, young God. you're turning? What big I'm one? Thir- this is a I'm big only th- one. Only 30, man. It's the big 3-0 for our man. Uh, anyway, this is a good one. This is a good one. It's a good one. Is it a good one, Josh? Is, yeah, this is the one. Of this all is, the shitty years, this this yeah, year going to be a better one. This is no. This is the good birthday to have because it's a big one and it's scary. But then, like after this one, like everything just seems whatever. This seems whatever. Yeah, I've, I've never been a birthday party guy yeah. anyway ever. Yeah. So it's all good. And uh, what else happened this week? I bought a really big apocalypse figure that I couldn't resist. He did. He sent me a picture of it. Yeah, it's it's a age of age of apocalypse apocalypse figure that I didn't uh, know was coming out. I'll have listeners know. I might censor myself in editing. Um, so Nick, because this is a very large action figure, he sent me. So for comparison's sake, he sent it by, side by side with his cock. So <laughs> I got I got a picture of Nick's dick and apocalypse. If anybody needs that, if anybody wants uh, that, just now now you can add it to your collection. Yeah, I added. Yeah, I've added. I generally, anytime he gets an action figure, he sends it in scale to his his penis. Um, let me tell you, the Star Wars Black Edition. <laughs> let me tell you, the line is called Black Series. So. Yeah, let me tell you, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? All right, so 
There's your one for the episode. All right. We'll I'll figure out if that stays or goes later. No, no, it better stay in. No, that's that's whatever, dude. I'm that's paying whatever. you a fucking compliment. What, 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 yeah, sir. There you go. I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> all right, guys. All, so now all we're gonna cock get started. sizes can listen to our podcast. It's not yeah. <laughs> I saw a t shirt the other day, it was like average dick energy instead nice. of big dick energy. Nice. <laughs> you get it, my brother or sister, wherever you are. All right, guys. All right. So Where we're we gonna starting? start with <laughs> So, to jump off that point, <laughs> fucking hard left turn. Hard left. Hard left, much like my cock, just a hard, hard left. left. <laughs> like my 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 politics and my cock, everyone just lean to the left. If maybe that'll come out. Maybe that'll come out on the, maybe that part. Won't maybe that part won't. Maybe that part won't stay in. Maybe this part will stay in, but the part before that won't. <laughs> really build the intrigue to what the fuck I just said. That, that, that we just kick it in now. It's really just kicking in at this point. So why don't we just jump into Hellions? <laughs> Hellions 2, guys. By but Zeb I feel Williams. like this is a good energy to bring into yeah. Hellions. Especially for Hellions 2, yeah. yeah. We, we alluded to it last episode, but this issue was fantastic because it was the worst first mission I've ever read in a fucking comic book. God damn, this did not go right at all. And it fits so perfectly yeah. well. Oh, also, disclaimer, guys, we're going to breeze through a lot of these issues because we have about nine books to go through. So we're going to kind of skim note a few of yeah. them. Yeah, and I'm really already the wasted really way parts. too much time. <laughs> Talking about left dicks. But, uh, so. <laughs> Talking about leftist cocks. <laughs> so Hellions number two. Let's get into this. So the Hellions group, I'm going to make sure you guys can't hear the page turning like you did last episode. But um, now they can't hear you. That's true. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yep. So, uh, the Hellions group is going to one of Mr. Sinister's old mansions to see what's going on, and the cops are there. <laughs> and then this interaction with the cops and the Hellions group of Psylocke being like, listen, this group are crazy. Don't get in our way. And immediately, the star of this issue, Wild Child, jumps at one of the cops after a dog growled at him mm-hmm. and like um Kimber his, his real his first name was scalp hunter what's his name again now his uh, pc name no i think they still i don't oh, oh 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 are they just calling him daniel maybe now no gray crow or something oh gray crow yeah yeah jonathan gray crow yeah 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 Yeah, because his yeah. superhero name was racist was, yeah 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 it is bad as shit yeah yeah so gray crow immediately like says down and pulls down uh wild child who will continue to do weird things like this throughout the issue so oh, what so makes what, this what you miss what you forgot like he lunged at them but he like he swung at the cop because he thought because the cop told the dog to heal yeah so he thought the cop was the leader of that pack so he like swung at him and like they they're just foreshadowing that he treats everything like a wolf pack basically and uh, as they enter the mansion, my favorite part of this whole fucking book. Yeah, mine too. But real quick, it's yeah. the it's the orphanage. It's the one of the yes. orphanages that Sinister had that he raised Scott and Alex in. Yes. Um, they enter and the nanny. I'm gonna get some of these names wrong because they're weird characters. But the yeah, nanny, nanny, right? Yeah, the egg one. Yeah. Starts like hugging the leg of uh, Gray Crow, and he doesn't know what's going on, and realizes that Empath is screwing with Nanny. And then he's like, he just says, you son of a bitch. And, uh, oh, relax. She was only already acting weird. I was just giving her a little push. 
and then he immediately just shoots her. He just yeah. shoots him. Yep. So we lose empath right away. I mean, obviously he's going to come back at some point, but well, that's my favorite line of this book. Where mm-hmm. Alex just like I have to do all this. I have to fill out a whole report or a sidelock says I have to fill out a whole report. Yeah. And this is gonna be a theme throughout some of the other books, but death is such a fucking afterthought now for me. It really is. And it's really scary to think about how comfortable they're already getting with that notion. Yes. And like how few questions they're really asking about like what are these new shells that my consciousness is in? What, Am I is really this mean? really me? Like what is yeah. happening? you know, like anyway. They've all, especially when we get to X Factor next week, mm-hmm. like they've really accepted, like, this is the new way. I'm dead. Yeah. I'll come back. Like, yeah, that's what it it's is. It's crazy. So, yeah. he, Empath is gone. That's the first gone right now. Which is great, by the way. Yes. Listeners, if you aren't familiar, because there are a lot of characters, like Nick said, in this, on this team that I'm not super familiar with either. But if you're not familiar with Empath, he is by far one of the worst fucking people <laughs> in the X Men side of the marvel universe he is an <laughs> awful human being he's a, a shot to the head every once in a while yes so the team continues down throughout the orphanage and uh alex is getting a bunch of weird divisions and goop starts spilling on him and they see kind of like the zombified clones of the original marauders right yes mm-hmm. uh and they see madeline Pryor. uh this group of marauders is Arclight, riptide harpoon blockbuster prism and scrambler uh, they fight this group, and as they fight, Madeline is kind of fucking with Alex's head, and they all kind of split up because they're not a good team yet, if they ever will be. So they're <laughs> splitting up trying to fight. <laughs> uh, Zombified Blockbuster is crushing Nanny. Oh, also something I found interesting in this fight scene, they were talking to the other Marauders kind of like, we can save you. Yeah, because they're mutants, so if they're basically saying... if. We, we're going to kill you, but we can bring you back. We're trying to bring you back to, to whole. Like they were trying yeah. to save, them. like they're trying to let them know that there's hope for them now. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's not when Maddie's involved. No. As Alex fights Prism, uh, Madeline Pryor destroys Prism and then like puts skin over Alex's mouth. Cause sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause she can manipulate. Everything. I don't know much about her powers, so... Yeah, she's basically Jean's powers plus, like... Magic? Um, it seems a little bit like magic something. Yeah, like, she's basically, like, the demon queen, right? Wasn't that... No, goblin queen. Goblin queen, yeah. Because she was basically... I think she was in charge of Limbo for a minute, and that's where she mm, got, like... That sounds I, right. I can't remember all the details, so... One day, we'll do a full Maddie Pryor rundown. But for now, you'll see her powers manifesting here in front of you. <laughs> So also we have Nanny who fell over and can't get up. <laughs> it's asking to be rolled over to see what's going on. Yeah. Humpty Dumpty fell over. Yep. Uh, as the fight continues, um, looks like Grey Crow is stabbed by Harpoon in the back after trying to get through to uh, Arclight. <laughs> and everything's gone to shit, of course. Uh, Nanny and Orphan Maker are both kind of knocked out and being dragged away. It uh, looks like Grey Crow is dead, and then Psylocke is bleeding and breathing heavy, and Wild Child just says, smell your blood, and then claws at her. Oh, we're doing voices now on the show. I love it. Yeah, I have I to grim. All right. Yeah, so basically, yeah. <laughs> that's Psy- the fucking mission. <laughs> Psylocke is like, 
she's she ends it with, do we have to do this now? And he just says yes and like attacks her because he smells her weakness. You know, like he's still, <laughs> a, he's just, he's fucking feral. He's so a feral child, yeah. Oh, that gets five X's. Yeah. I just loved it because it's so chaotic and it works only yeah. for this book, but it works so well because everything went to shit immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it, I gave it five, five X's as well. All right. All right so next up, I have Josh. not read these books yet, but Josh has. He gets them digitally. My comic store was shorted on these books and just never got them in. So you are going to review and inform me, like I did last episode for you for Empire. Yes. You're going to inform me and the viewers or listeners about Giant Size X-Men, Magneto, and Phantom X. Yep. Okay. The floor so, is yours. Thank you, Vey. So we're going to start with Giant Size Magneto. It starts because it's a Jonathan Hickman book. It, its concept of time is now <laughs> and then. So we start, we start in the now on a freighter in the middle of the ocean that and Magneto... Oh, this is Magneto, right? Yes, this is the Magneto one. So Magneto is hanging out on the, like the bridge of a, of, of a freight boat, heading to this little island in the Faroe Islands. He's just kind of just, it's just literally a picture of Magneto now standing on the cliff, looking out at the ocean on this tiny little island. There's some puffins in the, in the foreground. He meets a very cliche island looking guy, like a, like a captain, like a boat captain looking man. And he basically informs this man that he is there to purchase the island. And the man says, okay, well, I'll go get the owner for you, but it could take a while. He's kind of, he's kind of weird. Magneto says, I can wait. So that's how the issue opens. Our cast for the Magneto issue is Magneto, Emma Frost. And um, it spoils it here. I'm going to save it for you. I'm not going to spoil who the other, the third okay. cast member is. Um, so now we cut back to then. So we're on what looks like the early days of Krakoa. And Emma and Magneto are having a very lavish dinner together and drinking wine and one of the best mutant chefs in all the land is is making them meals that Krakoa has grown for them and he asks what he's there for Emma informs him that she has an idea and she's not ready to go into all the details but what she needs is his help finding an island <laughs> he says an island <laughs> she says Basically, you have a lot of experience in islands. <laughs> and I was like, shit, Magneto really does have a lot of experience like three, yeah. in owning fucking islands, <laughs> including now Krakoa. So now we cut back to the now. It's very like Star Wars, The Last Jedi, or whichever one was Mark Hamill on that weird island. Yeah. Is that The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. So he's just kind of hanging out. There's puffins all around him. A very good movie, by the way. Fuck it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's snowing on the island. That's how long he's been waiting. Um, <laughs> he's built himself a fire. The sailor, the captain man comes back and says that the owner will talk to him and he'll be here soon. He waits some more. Magneto's waiting some more. And then there's a splash scene where something is shooting out of the water towards Magneto and it's the owner of the island, Namor. (laughs) (laughs) 
so, so now the rest of this issue, this is why I really want you to get this issue whenever you can. Mm. Um, the rest of this issue is basically Namor and Magneto just having a conversation about <laughs> Magneto wanting to purchase an island. <laughs> and so it's, you know how they both speak. It's just all these platitudes and, and metaphors and arguing about who's keeping whom waiting and says, I don't want to talk here. And then they go underwater to have their conversation. He puts one of those like bubble things on Magneto. <laughs> and so they just dive deep into the ocean. And he's like, okay, I'll sell you this island, but I need your help with something. So Magneto has to help him open this sealed metal case underwater that's like this weird kraken looking symbol on it and so magneto uses his powers to open it up and of course a giant kraken bursts out <laughs> and magneto and no not magneto namor is just like oh a kraken damn it and he throws a spear at it and then like magneto is just like caught in this kraken's tentacles and he says um, oh no! no. He, they get eaten by the the kraken. They f- go into like the belly of the whale, if you will. Oh, nah, I have these, to get this book. I know it's crazy. It's like <laughs> it's like the Iliad or the, I mean the Odyssey. Um, so like the kraken eats them after Namor's trying to tell them, "I am the king of the ocean. You must listen to me." They're now in the deep, the depths of the kraken. They come across these sirens who give them a riddle. Namor, of course, thinks he <laughs> understands the riddle, and he doesn't. So he gets eaten by this creature. <laughs> Magneto does understand the riddle so he solves it and breaks the spell and gets the key that he needs that Namor wanted so now Namor sells him the island <laughs> and then Magneto uses the boat that he came on to like break apart all the metal and build this tower like base on the island and then he plants uh, Krakoa like portal and then leaves hmm. and tells Emma that here's her new house and I look forward to seeing what you're up to but one of the things is one of the things that he had on that ship was the head of a sentinel that's like built into the the tower do you know so, a celestial it looks like a sentinel to me Oh, oh, Sentinel. Okay, the Sentinel. Like the okay. robot. I was the thinking, robot. Okay, yeah. I was thinking of the space gods. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. So, like, I, I get the feeling here that they're setting up for some kind of, like, PR stunt, maybe. Like, hmm. like some Sentinel thing is going on. And, like, look, this is, like, like almost like a wag the dog, a tail that wags the dog situation. But, anyway. So, that was the Magneto book. I, I loved it. I gave it four X's. Um, I... The art was a little weird in places, but like the story was amazing. I really loved it. So next, next, I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. And we're talking about Phantom X number one. I guess they're all number ones. Yeah. This one is also by Jonathan Hickman, but the art is by um, Reyes. What's his first name? Oh, man. Rod Race, the one who's doing the art for New Mutants or who does sometimes the art for New Mutants. Okay. So I really love the art, first and foremost. Uh, it starts off in a lab. So 
listeners, I don't really know much about Phantom X. He existed, he like came into existence in a time I wasn't reading X-Men and I haven't he really started, I want to say in the Grant Morrison run. Right? Yeah. Like I, and I think I didn't get to like anything about him. Like I think I, I know him mainly from the uh, Rick Remander X-Force run. Okay. That's where most of my knowledge of him comes from. It's my understanding he's not really a mutant. Well, it's my understanding now too. They go through his origin a little bit, which is what okay. I really like about this book. We get a little bit into the origin of Phantom X, which I never knew. Like I'd okay. seen him and I knew he was like, basically like uh, a gambit turned up to 11 is the vibe I always got <laughs> from him. You know, yeah, like, that's fair. like I was like, okay, so he's just, he's like a better gambit. Like as far as like powers and everything goes. I'm like, okay, yeah. like that's all I ever got from him. So, and I don't mean any offense to any Phantom X fans out there. So anyway, the issue opens up in a lab. There, this one mad scientist is basically giving an orientation to another mad scientist about this crazy lab that they have where they're genetically engineering children. They're all um, slightly different from each other. Like every, they're all clones that are like just one molecule different from each other because they, this whole thing is like a controlled experiment on people. Mm -hmm in environments and like what like all kinds of weird shit but they have these crazy glasses and they're like wait these two babies are exactly the same and they said what the fuck we can't have that so they mark both these babies and says keep that one uh destroy that one and that's how the opening ends so then we cut to a quote a decade later and it's phantom x going on a, a mission with these hired gorillas um like war people not actual gorillas it's comic books i need to be more specific <laughs> um, so he has a group and this is part of this group is a very young um nick fury so this is how long ago this is supposed to be like this is a young like a young ragtag group that's led by nick fury with both eyes huh. so um they break into a place called quote the world and as they do this like automated security system basically attacks everybody and Phantom X is like, great, that's what I needed. You guys are just here for a distraction. And he leaves them all to like head out. And he meets this little boy and he says, you okay? Yes. And then he asks the little boy, do you want to leave? And the boy says, not yet. And then he just, and that's the end of that scene. And then it, we go to a decade after that, this time Phantom X is meeting with the Hellfire Club. And he's basically saying, okay, so if you guys help me with this, I'll do this for you. So they're ba they made a trade with each other. So just like the last group, he uses them to go in he, to break into this secret base called the world. Again, they're just there for a distraction. All these robots and everything attack the Hellfire Club and beat their fucking ass, which is really funny to watch. They, and so while that's happening, Phantom X goes and escapes and meets that same kid who's like now kind of a teenager, like probably less than a decade of aging. Mm -hmm. And he said, and he asked him, are you ready to leave? And he says, no, not yet. I have work to do many children of the world to raise. In fact, I think from now on, it's best if you stay away. And then we cut to another decade passes. This time Phantom X is just hanging out on a beach mumbling to himself stay away fine maybe i'll just never go back and he's reading a book on the beach next page a, f a decade later 
<laughs> he's now hired another weird group I've never seen before. I'm sorry if I, they are somebody, but they're a group of weird people. He again uses them as bait. He meets this guy who's like an adult now. And he says, get out of here. I have work to do. You don't understand what we're doing here. You need to leave. So like, he's clearly gone from like, he's like taking more control over this place. So now it's another decade. And now he's drinking with Scott Summers and Logan. Now he's having drinks with Cyclops and Logan. Cyclops is pissed drunk and falls down. Oh. Logan, <laughs> Logan says, don't worry about him. I love that guy. There's nobody I'd rather go on a mission with than this guy. He's good to go. So Wolverine, Cyclops, and Phantom X break into <laughs> the world. And again, Cyclops and Wolverine are just there for a distraction. And <laughs> Phantom X leaves them. But this time, when he runs into the guy, he's like mostly a machine. He's kind of floating around like this ball of electricity. And he tells him, do I build, like, I'm building a new world here. Everything, I'm in control of everything. Are you real? Everything here is real. Like, he's completely lost touch with any sense of reality. Hmm. So then the next page is not a decade later, less because now we're on Krakoa. Because <laughs> now we're on Krakoa. So now it's like, all right, cool. Now we have no fucking concept. No. And this time, he's convincing Storm, um, Doug, Cypher, Doug, and um, Penance, uh, Monet, oh, M, yeah. to go on a mission with him. Plus, somebody who looks a lot like one of the basket head people in um, the Legion TV show yeah. <laughs> to go on a mission with him. And again, this mission again is to break into the world. And this time it's not Phantom X who wants them to go on this mission. You find out as they're going, it's, it's Storm. Because Storm thinks that the cure for what's killing her. Oh, we're back on that? Exactly. <laughs> so finally, we've gotten back to giant size number one for real. <laughs> and Storm wants him to break in there because she thinks the cure for what's killing her can be found inside the world. And so the issue ends with Phantom X, Doug, <clears throat> M, and Storm inside the world. And that's where we end. Honestly, it was a really good, I gave it another 4-1, because I, again, I'm not somebody who knows much about Phantom X, so like, it yeah. was really good to get that kind of, a little bit of history about him, and see like that he's just kind of an asshole, and everybody thinks he's an asshole. For, so they were really good. So if you, if, um, for you specifically, if you get your if you get a chance to get a hold of them, I totally would. Especially yeah. the Phantom X one because the art in it's really good too. Yeah, I might wait for the actual just a big trade. Yeah, that's all good. The giant size. That's true. Yeah. That's that's a good point. All right. So that brings right, us now to New Mutants number eleven. Again, warning, guys. These next two books I'm gonna breeze fucking through because they weren't great which is New Mutants number 11 and X-Force number 10. I will talk a little bit about X-Force number 11. Okay. But uh, so, cutting right to the chase, the New Mutants are still trapped by this um, entity mutant, dark entity Yeah, is a way to put it. They're still yeah. trapped inside her. The Russian army is still giving shit to the mutants who are still left uh, on the outside of this uh, energy bubble. And then... Eventually, I can't remember his name. The one who's not Wolverine. Oh shit! Um, God, I just want—that's Wildside. 
Wild side, okay. Yeah, we have Wild Child in Hellions, <laughs> Wild Side in New Mutants. Eventually, Wild Side touches her to change her emotions, and we see a bunch of which is a really, really cool splash page of just like the most cuddly, nice looking things like rainbows and dolls and a boy band and unicorns. Yeah, and it is a really nice page. out. Yeah, a really nice splash page. And when they all get out, the military basically says, All right, oh, actually, before we get to that, I've never seen Chamber's face not on fire, and that's a weird. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, at one point, because Chamber is under this person's control, like his fate is it's just empty there. Like he's no powered or he's depowered. Yeah. So it, it, was, was, it was weird. It was really like it, but it also, like, just for that brief second, there's a lot of like really like strong emotions running through this book. And yeah, I, and I like it for that. Down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in that, there's a brief moment if you like just really look at chamber like just see how sad that is you know like yeah that's, that's how his body is forever you know like unless he wants to come back with a new shell who knows that's true or join the morlocks in the sewer i don't know he was um, that wasn't he was like one of the leaders of the for, like he was one of the leaders of the morlock briefly that makes a lot of sense because he looks fucking crazy so boom boom is talking to this new girl to try and calm her down because she speaks russian and eventually the military surrounds the mutants and they're all kind of like, well, shit, we're really tired after that whole experience. We can't even fight back if we wanted to. And then, boom, magic comes out of nowhere, uh, whisking everyone away, looking real pissed off. And uh, we see they're all at the healing center chamber. Gardens. Oh, yes, healing gardens, they call it. All right. Uh, kind of debriefing. And we see Armor is kind of traumatized by seeing her dead family in this other world. Which a party's yeah. like, yeah, they're fake. It's fine. <laughs> like they're yeah, but like it like felt I get like, it. <laughs> but it felt like they were all in dreams that felt real. You know, like it wasn't like like in her mind, it wasn't a dream. It was real. You know, like I think that's where she's coming from. Plus, also she knows that she just killed Beak's parents, so yeah, that might, that might be playing into it a little bit. Probably. Uh, we cut back to this new girl in a kind of a tube to kind of contain her until they can control her powers or she can figure it out. But to contain her, they just, like, the key is she can't fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so sad. Like, I'm so, I feel so sad for this new little mutant. Like, it is a, a good example that we should never forget that some mutants aren't pretty, don't have an amazing power. It's just fucking horrific. She looks horrific. She has a giant eye and mm-hmm. purple skin. It's kind of lizardy with like mm-hmm. long hair like she looks crazy looking yeah and then like, her her face is all like torn kind of like stretched out like a yeah. weird anime like so, it's like, being like it's like it's in a constant state of being sucked into that nightmare realm yeah. and like part of her part of her power they they surmise from blood tests was that her mutant one of her mutant ability like powers is to like when she falls asleep, there's something in her bloodstream that keeps her asleep. And it's the same thing that was keeping everyone else asleep. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like her mutant power wants her to be asleep so it can be in control. You know, like, it's just, yeah. it's like so sad. So anyway. it, it's definitely a harsh reality. But in the end, they, they all kind of chill out and have pancakes thanks to Blob. Yeah. Um, and I like it because 
it's it's a moment for Glob to have a, like a heroic. Oh, um, it's it's a moment for for Glob to come off as as heroic and also still maintain his cuddly, friendly, caregiving nature. Because what everyone's talking about as they walk in to meet Glob is that they want to go after that website docs. Yes, that the reason people have been they they the reason Fox news of this world apparently. exactly the reason that they've been in trouble so much is because they keep getting exposed their location keeps getting exposed on docs and so as they walk in glob is feeding everybody um boom boom and um armor in the background eat, eating as well and he says i've also been wanting to go after do those docs bullies i'm totally in but first You've got to fuel up. So like he's like, listen, I want to go fight too, but everybody, we got to eat, man. Everyone's gonna eat. eat first. So I love eat. it. I love it. So that so I gave it uh, three three X's. I gave it four because of like the emotional undercurrent of it. Like I like mm -hmm. there were a lot of like just really subtle emotional arcs. There was one for for Danny. There was one for that new mutant. One for Chamber that we we talked about a little bit too. You know, Glob had his little moment to shine. Like I really I really appreciate the the nuances in this one. So I'm going to give another very brief run through of what happens in this next issue of X-Force number 10. Last time we saw the crew, they were fighting off these plant, again, more plant-based bad guys. Um, they're kind of going to this temple to see the origin of these plant monsters that they kind of created, right? Yeah. Beasted, yeah. at least. Beast, basically, yeah. Um, they go to the temple and the temple's full of traps for... Um, Kid Omega, Wolverine, and Domino, who can't catch a break, especially Kid Omega, which we'll get to in the next one. Oh, my God. I thought was fantastic. For real, Quentin um, can't catch a break. They're fighting off all these traps, and eventually they get split up. And when they get split up, uh, that makes, why can't I remember his name right now? Black Tom Cassidy kind of take action and go to the temple himself. A beast basically beast tells him to go. Beast sends him in as like a, a recon because he can't get it. Beast can't get in touch with the other three that he sent to their deaths. Yeah. So he's now sending black. But there was a nice little panel of him going like, "All right, you got this." Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got to hype himself up because he's yeah. like he's become addicted to like Black Tom has become all of us. Anytime we have to go outside now, yeah. <laughs> anytime we have to go outside in the pandemic, we're all Black Tom. Okay. We can do this. It's okay. I can okay. leave this house. I can do this. It's going to be okay. Um, then we see these plant demon creatures about to sacrifice Wolverine, which doesn't make any sense. But they don't know that. And, yeah. <laughs> and a whole fight scene happens. And as the fight scene happens, um, Gene goes to Beast about joining in and kind of gives him shit for causing all this. Yeah, she finds out about... So Beast is now running a, a mission behind Jean's back. So the, the mission that Wolverine and Kid Omega and Domino are on, and the one that Black Tom has to go save them from, is Beast trying to clean up a mess he made in their last official mission. And he basically asked them to go there, and then he didn't like formally say anything to the Quiet Council. He didn't do fuck all. He's... He went full Hank McCoy and did what he thought <laughs> needed to be done. Yes, and that so, is a Hank McCoy thing to do. <laughs> so Jean is like, this is bullshit, and it fucking stops. And she yep. basically like telekinesis his ass to fucking all around town. 
So then we have uh, Black Tom, Jean, and uh, I always forget her name, Sage? Yeah. Sage, there we go. Uh, fighting off these monsters. And the leader of this plant monster group <laughs> shows a dead Kid Omega. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Just... Covered in plants. And he's still conscious because at some point he's narrating this. I'm talking about how he's now just compost. And yeah. like, I'm too good for this. What is happening? Getting stabbed and full of crap. And then gets his head ripped off. <laughs> like flowers flying everywhere. Yep. Eventually Wolverine continues to fight them off. And Jean, with the help of Black Tom, kind of controls everything. Yeah, so Jean, Jean brings Sage and Black Tom for their powers. So her, you know how Jean can basically do anything you need her to do whenever you need her to do it. Naturally. She, um, she tele- telepathically links with both of them so she can like kind of magnify their powers and, and, and help steer it. So Black Tom's ability to control plant life, Sage's ability to understand math and computers and di- sure. like calculations in Gene's own telekinetic abilities, basically heart, like create a, an organic virus that spreads through all of the um, creatures that that beast basically created out of a virus. So they basically hack, hack the system beast created and, and they all die. Yeah. So all the plant life dies and then the book ends with Wolverine and Jean just fucking a natural hot tub. Yeah, uh, a little bit more nuance to it, but basically, um, That's what it is. they basically, yeah, full on. It ends with them like basically kissing. Yeah, I mean, she's on his lap. They're they're getting they're getting down to it. But she's um, the story part of it as well is she's leaving X Force. She says she can't do it anymore. She doesn't want to be a part of this team anymore, and she's leaving X Force. So, um, but yeah, so everything that we've all been talking about, Gene, Scott, and Logan being in an open relationship, absolutely, yeah, yeah dude, yeah, y'all better better come correct now. <laughs> so, I didn't mention this last book, but also I'm gonna say this book and last one, both of the story arcs. This is the end of both story arcs. I think are just fine. The New Mutants one is better than this X-Force storyline, yes. but they're both kind of just fine. The New Mutant one is only better from a it naturally set up the next story arc. Yes. And it There's a also, path, at least. Right? You know, like this one like just ended. Yeah. And like, so the next issue you're about to, re- to, to, to recap is a very hard beginning. And um oh shit i don't maybe i didn't read this one did you not it's amazing for x-force did you not read it no i did i did yeah um russian dolls (laughs) yeah i have little i had little to no idea what the hell was happening in this book at any oh nor did i and i loved it yeah like that's why i really like this issue also the the fact that i don't know for you but my cover is a cover of colossus fighting omega red yeah and neither of those things happen in this book which is not even in the book (laughs) which is why i was like i think i read the I, i don't think i like yeah like I think is it Omega I, I, Red because Omega Red is Russian? <laughs> I guess. Like, okay, just not to harp on this too much, but I think that's why I thought I didn't read this one because I was like, I don't remember anything like this. 
So they, they should have done a parody cover of when Ash had to fight a bunch of tiny ashes in Army of Darkness. Oh, that would have been really funny. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but, this one also on the cover says Path to X of Swords. Yes. So that is the first of these two books, our next two books that are the yeah, past. So I'm X. like, I think that's one of the ones I was, I think I felt like I missed something on this path. Like, yeah. like what is happening anyway? So the book opens up with the team doing an autopsy on people who attack Krakoa, the assassins. They said, okay, we checked for bombs this time. Cause last time it was a fucking bomb inside one of them. So we're good. Right. <laughs> and I knew I was going to love this issue cause they cut the body open and immediately a tiny person comes out and grabs a scalpel and the woman goes, oh, hell no. And then gets stabbed in the neck. I know. I felt a little like, I don't know much about that lady's powers, but yeah. it's my understanding that she has a force field ability. Hey, it was a surprise attack, man. I, okay. I, all right. All right. When you expect a tiny person to jump out of a, a dead body. <laughs> I know. Um, I do appreciate that Beast kills the little creature by literally twisting his little neck around. Yeah. And then ask Sage if, um can't remember her name, Black Woman 5. I don't Dr. Know. Reyes. Dr. Reyes. <laughs> if Dr. Reyes is going to survive, and she says, probably not. <laughs> but we'll bring her back. Again, this death is just kind of like, all right, just it's fine. Run of the mill. Yeah. Uh, they said they have to check, that they have to stop the little tiny man from that jumped out of the body from escaping as they run away all the assassins have tiny people in their body <laughs> how did they not think to look in the other ones like that was on. definitely a weird moment then we cut to domino trying to convince uh colossus to join the team and he's like listen dude i'm just farming that's what i'm doing that's how i want to live my life and then this woman walks out almost like just mean mugging just like get the fuck away from my man i give him what he needs and it's like who the fuck are you i don't care for this lady and i don't i i think i've been on record saying i'm not a big fan of colossus in general i i i think he is the one of the hearts of the team i'm not saying he's not like i think i personally don't like him that much Okay. And like this is one of the this is one of the issues where I'm like, this is why I don't like Colossus. It's like, come on, dude, just you're being a little bitch right now. Listen, metal guy. Yeah, like Which, just, okay, here's what I don't like. And we still don't know what happened to Colossus that traumatized him. No, but we do get it in these weird like fucking narrations in this book. Like I'm sorry, I don't think I like this book now that I'm thinking about it. Um I like this issue. And this is the first issue I legit liked in a while. Yeah. So we continue the book with um, multiple men getting shot up through a portal. And then Colossus is like, all right, I'm going to get involved. I have to. Um, he walks and sees the X-Men fighting a bunch of just tiny, skinless men. Which also, on this page, I get a little graphic in my comic for the X of Swords. So it says September is four issues, two preludes, and the two main chapters. And it goes down till November with 22 chapters. So we okay. have quite an adventure ahead of us. Yeah, we do. So they're all fighting. And you see Colossus step on one of them. And a lot of little gross little men being squashed. And every time you kill one, a tinier one comes out. Like yeah. A little Russian nesting doll. <laughs> and I thought that was ridiculous and kind of fun. And eventually one of these little guys runs and finds a sword. Hence a prelude. But this is, you remember this sword, right? 
this is the one that they made from the is this the one apocalypse uses no this is the one magneto made out of the first cerebro that when did he do that when after xavier died when they shot xavier in the head remember when he got oh okay. i wonder what the hell this came from all right yeah so that's where that sword is that's like xavier's magic sword yeah so they keep fighting him off and domino's like if i just blow him up they can't keep regenerating which yeah makes sense so they keep fighting him on eventually colossus uh domino thanks colossus for stepping in and he's like don't thank me i'm out he's being a little bitch then we get to my favorite part of the whole issue, which is Kid Omega. <laughs> do you yes. want to cover this part? <laughs> no, you, you can. Yeah. I, you like this one more than I do. Like this, this title more. I do like, um, is this a different artist for these Kid Omega? It parts? is. The art is better. Right? Uh, a different artist for this little, um, I think it's the same art. Okay. Maybe I just. Same artist. I just think this I just, artist is better than the previous books. Maybe. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. This is the best part of the book for sure for me. So Kid Omega is secretly meeting at one of the, the cuckoos, cuckoos. Um, and you find out that she just wants Kid Omega to herself. And he's so fucking happy to the point where he's leaping in the air, <clears throat> saying yes, and then gets stabbed in the chest by one of the little guys. Yep. And just says, let me be happy just for a little <laughs> bit. Oh, also, it's not again. <laughs> not again. He's the, he's the Kenny of the X-Force book now. I know. <clears throat> and I do and, appreciate that. And then eventually, I don't recognize his character. I don't either. So, so, we don't so know. they kick. So the, the, little, the little weird Skinless. human thing <laughs> that just killed, that somehow was also tiny but carrying a giant sword. I was confused by the proportion of that, but yeah. Um, so he must have super strength. Yeah. Um, he killed Kid Omega and then kicked him through a Krakoan gate. And then as he lands in Moscow in this weird person with a messed up face, a black suit and a red cape Naturally. is standing there and welcomes him. Welcome to Moscow, Mr. Choir. And he takes the sword from him and says, thank you for bringing me the Cerebro sword. And it says to be continued. So clearly the, weird Russian mutant world that they're the the Russians are somehow creating now. The Russians are behind it. Realistic. Anyway, I gave it three X's. I'm sorry. I gave it three. No, no, I I gave it three also. It wasn't amazing, but I I enjoyed that particular issue. Yeah. I didn't really care for the other one. I'm definitely interested in what the fuck is happening. Like, what were the other monsters they were fighting? Like, what was going on (laughs) in that book? What am I missing? Yeah. So I'm guessing what we find out we're missing is in the X of Swords. So yeah. I'm excited for that. All right. Now we got a heavy hitter. Maybe this one in Hellion is the best books I've read in this pack. Uh, Marauders number 11. The yep. funeral of one Kitty Pride. I'll let you cover this. Go for it, All my right. friend. All right. So, <clears throat> so we open in Krakoa. Nightcrawler is sitting there i I suspect writing this letter maybe that's what he's doing but basically we're getting the narration of a letter that he's writing to to his his now deceased friend kate and there's just a lot of very touching moments he talks about how much he's going to miss her all the happiness but he knows that 
all his sadness he feels now, but he knows that there's still happiness waiting for them because they will meet again. And <clears throat> they cut to a picture of Kate in her pirate garb in a coffin, in a boat coffin with coins on her eyes and the Marauder flag over her. And they've decided as a collective that they are going to temporarily stop trying to resurrect Kate because it's not working and they have other things they need to spend their resources on now. So they decided for now, they're going to burn her body, give her a pirate death. And so her funeral is her, both her girlfriends. We have Rachel Summers and Ileana there. Rachel is, you know, telekinetically (laughs) causing the boat coffin to fly. Every, as they go by, everyone says their goodbyes. You have a, a panel of Sto- Storm and Emma, both of her surrogate mothers. You have um, clips of Sebastian Shaw. You have um, Magneto standing solemnly by her. You have, you see um, Xavier, both of whom have, have been father-like figures at different points in their lives to her as well. Everyone's leaving a rose and then finally as they get the boat over water, um, Ileana gives a little spark. Pyro uses his ability to take that spark and burn down the boat. And as the boat burns, you see Emma walking away with the flames behind her. Both Ileana and Rachel giving her the fucking death glare because yeah. they clearly think she's to blame for their, in the comics, overt text, best friends, in what we all know to be true, the loves of their lives yeah. are now is now dead. Um, so Emma goes to her her house or mansion, goes through the door all the way there, just shoulders back, strong exterior, very Emma Frost. Gets through the door and just crumbles to the ground and says, "Oh," and just starts weeping. <clears throat> and then she hears like a crashing and says, "Whoever is intruding, I am." not in the mood. I don't want company. And as she goes to open the door to where she hears the, the, the noise coming from, she sees that Lockheed has flown in and she uses her telepathy to, to get his, his memory and see. Which I never thought of. It's kind mm-hmm. of a genius way I, yeah. of doing it. I know, right? Like, right away. So wonderfully thought out. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So they see, she sees in his memory Sebastian shooting them. And in her diamond form starts bursting the wall and says, no, I'm going to stop myself. The wall will not pay. Sebastian Shaw will pay. Then there's a, a moment, one of the data pages is Charles Xavier writing his goodbye. And as much as... I hate Charles Xavier from time to time. This one legitimately <laughs> almost got me to cry. There's a moment, yeah. there's a moment in here where he says, "You were never afraid to tell somebody when they were being a jerk," yeah, and it classic. just just made me think of that one cover, that iconic Charles Xavier is a jerk cover, and just yeah. oh my god, just so sad. So after that data page, we cut back to Emma saying, "Let's." Let's get you to the healers, Lockheed. I see that you also have had a rough time of it. Let's get you healed up. She calls out to the healer, gets Lockheed there, then psychically calls out to Xavier, 
that she wants to try one more time to bring Kate back. And he says, I thought we had discussed this. She's like, just one more time. And so she convinces Charles to, to, do, to give it one more try. Then we cut to um, the Metro in, in DC. We see this lady on there. As everyone starts filing out, it's down to two ladies and we find out it's Storm meeting with somebody named Dolores. Um, we find out Dolores is our ex-desk person. Yeah, I really Woo! like this. I know. So the ex-desk, ex-desk person, as you might recall, was getting um, the medicine to save their mom, or now we know her mom, um, <clears throat> and clearly had a connection in Krakoa, who is Storm. So uh, Storm has an in with the government. The lady on the ex-desk seems amazing Dolores is cool I can't wait for more Dolores storyline so yeah I love her a little bit at the end and everything yeah yeah like it's sort of asked about that party (laughs) oh my god I know and then like yeah there's a data page in the end where she's like writing about her encounter with Storm and how she goes on and on about how beautiful Storm is and I'm like that is such like a thing that would happen if you met any of these in real life like you're like this person meeting God this person is six foot three built like a fucking tower you know like just Anyway, so we cut back to the to the pod garden where the five um, Xavier, Nightcrawler, Emma, and Lockheed are, and the husk is ready for Kate, but she's not bursting through. And Kurt says, "It's not the end of Kate's story. There's something unique about her physiology. She's out of phase." She ne- her husk never breaks through. And Emma, it clicks for Emma. She's like, yes, of course, her husk never stirs. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this because, again, this was another moment where I, I just almost lost it. We've been waiting for her body to break into the world, but Kate doesn't smash barriers. She ignores them. Yeah. And there's a scene where she just puts her hand on the pod and – Kate can see it and just reaches out and phases through the pod. She doesn't break out like everyone else because that's not Kate's style. She phases through it. And now she has, as soon as she comes through, she has Charles touch her head. I don't know what she does, what he's really doing to her, but there's clearly he's doing something to her and then says, welcome back. Imagine he's giving back her memories, her mind. But isn't that already in them? This, Oh, yeah, Charles does have to do it right then, right? Okay. So that's so, yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure why she says now, Charles, though. Like, it almost, like, anyway. Um, so he welcomes her home, either gives her back her consciousness or, or whatever, whatever it is he does in this moment. Um, she can't, the last thing she remembers is, um, what, what does she say? Okay, the last thing, the last thing she remembers is kissing Emma Frost in the Red Keep, and then everything after that, I guess, wasn't backed up. Yeah. And, and Emma says, I do have that effect on people. <laughs> and she asks Emma what happens. And then Emma tells her telepathically, we'll speak privately. I'm hoping we can keep this an internal matter. And then Kate says back to telepath- telepathically, Shaw hit first, didn't he? No matter whatever has, no matter whatever has been broken, we will fix together. And it's like this, it's the last panel is Kate kind of wrapped in like a, a red, red shawl. Yeah. Like very like iconic and iconic, iconography. And her dragon 
looking very demonic on her shoulder. It's just like time for payback, motherfucker. Yeah, like it's got like a very biblical look to it and a very like old. I didn't get how this is a prelude to X of Swords, though. I don't either. Um, There's no sword in it, so. There's no sword unless the House of X, I mean, unless the desk, the the Dolores has something to do with it later on. But either way, this truly five x's oh my god just so many good little moments and marauders the the best x-men book (laughs) one thousand percent it is yeah all right yeah fantastic book could like if there's any x-men title you read on a monthly Mm -hmm. basis it's marauders make it marauders it's emotional it's fantastic the characterization is amazing to have kate come back in in such like a such a fashion where she's just like back now you know, like yeah. it's like it was such a buildup, so sad. And then when she came back, everyone was like, "Oh my fucking god!" It was that simple. You yeah, know, the, like, the, like we tried it literally. Oh, was it eighteen times? <laughs> but that also means seventeen of her husks drowned. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's kind of sad. That is a little fucked up. Um, but anyway, Kate's back. Shadow, but it also back. still didn't answer exactly why she can't get in that portal i know and that's why like i don't yeah i don't i'm i'm with you that that's probably what charles was doing was uploading her her consciousness but like there's part of me that's still trying to figure out why she couldn't get through the portals and if yeah. that was him doing something to prevent it again i don't know yeah never know well who knows all right guys so now right. we're on to the last book we're going to talk about today Which the free comic pages. book day it's, it's only a few pages, and I have a way of doing this with you guys. So it's going to be a lot of us describing what we're looking at because these are brand new characters. But I will say, I wasn't like super excited for the X of Swords event until this book. If the books are going to be like this, I cannot wait to see what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. Also, so, you might want to start reading Excalibur because they tie, they're tie they tying a lot of what you're seeing here. And there's a reason Teeny Howard is the co-writer on this. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm going to have to I, read the next issue because I know it's a prelude. So Yeah, so I think you might need to get Excalibur back in your rotation a little bit. Yeah. All right, so we start off with saying some forgotten place, some forgotten time. Of course, it's Hickman. Forsaken uh, time. I'm sorry, it, forsaken it's time. A forgotten, it's a forgotten place and a forsaken time. Yeah, sorry. About so uh, <laughs> it's a weird, like, red star collapsing with, like, a weird portal and comes out a minotaur-looking man, a fish-looking woman, and two Egyptian-looking maybe men or women? Yes. I think those are all accurate descriptions. I will say the minotaur has one horn and one that was clearly broken off at some point in a battle. So, like, clearly he has been... These are clearly, like, established entities. You know, you get the sense of them immediately that, oh, shit, these people have been around. So... They seem to be trying to destroy the sun, and this weird tentacle creature comes out of the star. And uh, okay, so real quick though, notice for those listening who might have missed the free comic book day. Um, remember back in X Men, we met some the people called the Summoners. Do you remember yes. the Summoners? Okay, I think this is like a prelude to the summoners because notice whatever that minotaur is doing the symbols that start appearing on the star the star are very similar 
to the ones that we that were shown for the summoners like if the summoner had this symbol they could do this with the monsters if they had remember that remember that data yes, yeah. That? yeah that's one of those symbols that's so, a summoner symbol so like he's caught like he i think this is they're summoning this creature from inside that star these are part of that summoner. Yeah, so they, there it is the very heart of it yeah so he's they're pulling they're causing this monster to come out and, and they then catch. they destroy it they yeah. burst it and they kind of like shrink it into their hand yeah they they turn it into like this spiraling tiny amorphous green. yeah it's a very like abstract amorphous and say object. now let's not keep her waiting and now is we jump to wait, the death part- of a star is a small price to pay uh, what <laughs> so they basically whatever they took what my interpretation of this is whatever they just caused to come out of that star caused the star to die yeah which in turn that was a sun so yeah. in turn there a are galaxy. probably <laughs> there are probably many civilizations that are currently dying now yeah and all because they wanted whatever that creature was and they are going to bring it to pay for the favor of Saturnine, which is an Excalibur character. Okay, and yeah, I didn't know who that was. Exactly, right. which is, so Saturnine is, I, I, I don't know yet either because I think she's a, a newer character, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, I'm not going to go, she's in Excalibur currently. So. New to me. <laughs> so Emma seems to be going to this Saturnine character. No, that's Saturnine. Also. The blonde one is Saturnine? I believe so. Or Opaluna, whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's the queen. That's the. Oh, I thought, I thought that was Emma Frost. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the queen. That's the queen. Oh, okay. Just I, read can, I personally can't recall if that person's name is Saturnine or Saturnine is the world. I don't remember. And I'm sorry because I have been confused by Excalibur this whole time. Yeah. And uh, okay, Saturnine seems to get this eye pendant. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. And then opens a, a box it, with a bunch of like tarot cards. Yep. So here's how I want to do this. I'm going to describe what the card is showing and you're going to read the text. Ready? Okay. Tell me. All right. So the first card is the card of judgment. Which has Apocalypse and his son. That like we one met. of the summoners. Summoners, I, yeah. Ex- okay. That we met in that issue where Kokoa combined it with the other part. I forgot what it was called. Mm-hmm. There's also, you'll notice the pillars are, are that they're standing next to four pillars that are shaped like those gems that he was wanting Richter to, to get, remember? Yes. And then they also appear to have like vines, almost like Krakoa-like flora coming off of them. So the text of this, what she says about the judgment card, finality, an irrevocable change. From here, there is no going back. Surrendering to rebirth is the only path ahead. That's the judgment card. All right. Next up. The, the four of wands. And we see these kind of Egyptian monsters attacking people. And I had the first vibe of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That's what of. I'm getting from it too. Yeah. Either these are the four horsemen or the people we just saw might be the new four horsemen. I think. Um, yes. I, I'm so. The Four of Wands card, I'm getting the feeling that these are like one of the original four horsemen. So it's the labors of a community, 
a family coming together for a black ceremony, a baptism of blood. I mean, that, when I heard family, I did think of um, the Summers family, but we don't see them in this picture, but I thought of them. Yeah, they're the only like real family unit within the X Men, but the X Men -Men as a whole—that's my thinking. The X Men has always been treated as a family itself. Yeah. So the next card is this the final one? No. No. Okay. So the next card is the Hanged Man. In the picture, we looks like we see Archangel, which is interesting. Uh, Female Banshee, Siren. Siren, That's Siren, his daughter. Yeah, Yeah. Yes. Beast, Apocalypse, Havoc. I don't know who's behind Havoc, Glob, and Polaris. We, okay, so we have, yeah, Richter is next to Glob. Um, that might be Monet next to Glob. I don't know. I'm not sure who that, the person right next to Glob is either. And they and seem yet. to be like charging forward. Yes. And so for the Hanged Man, we have, <clears throat> we have Sacrifice, Curious. Can any of them be trusted to throw themselves on the pyre of change? What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I frankly don't fucking know. And so, God, we have, okay. And so our our penultimate card is the Eight of Cups. Disillusionment, abandonment, that which was once the harmonies lifting of voice, the har- harmonious lifting of voices, is now a mocking echo. Then silence. I have no idea how to describe this picture. It's half and half. One looks like an Egyptian goddess and one looks like an Egyptian demon. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. And yeah, and there's like, I think the thing I'm going to point out just because of all the context clues we keep getting in every other book and being that this is Krakoa, there is on the side that looks like a god is flora with vines with flowers blooming and on the side that looks like a demon are like dead thorns so i don't know if again we have a plant thing and then our final tarot card and then we will get out of your ears the ten of swords betrayal betrayed by those you would show your back a loss but an expected one one always expects a sunset hours after the dawn and we see we see Cable, Kid Cable with a sword, Apocalypse with a sword, Wolverine, Magic, and Psylocke. Um, Psylocke or Captain sword. Britain. Yes, Captain, Captain Britain, Britain now. And then shadowed figures behind them. Okay, so the only, swords. the only two shadows that I have a very good guess for right now, the middle shadow looks like Phantom X, and yeah. the shadow next to him looks like Magneto. And maybe maybe Storm. Oh, I see Storm. Hair. I, yeah, I didn't see that before. Yeah, it's Storm's up there. Yeah. I don't know who the other two are. One might be Gambit. I can't really tell. Like, it might be a Gambit profile. I don't know. Um, so, this... I have no clue. I have no clue. All right, when it comes to betrayal, enough. when it comes to betrayal, I think Apocalypse. Like, he yes. seems to be spearheading all of this, but is that too obvious? That's my thinking, too. Like, it's got to be too obvious. It's got to be Magneto. I don't know. Like, and um, then we have the whole thing about loss. Xavier. Xavier's been betraying them this whole fucking time, frankly. Um, one way or another, yes. But yeah, what's the, greater the loss? Good. That's the but thing. What is, we, we just talked about how everyone, death isn't a real thing anymore. Yeah, so is loss the loss of their home? At one, in one of these books, and damn it. Not it this might, early. 
but I know, but like one of these books, and I don't remember which one it was, and it might be it might be X Factor. So sorry if this is spoiling. In one of them, they mention the idea of losing Krakoa right now. Oh yeah, it was in X Force. The idea of losing Krakoa right now would just be so demoralizing and so um, insurmountable for so many younger mutants that like. That's why X. That's why Gene's saying X Force was created. Like we can't lose it right now. Yeah, and so that's what I'm like. I'm wondering if that's what this like a loss that like, but they. But she also says an expected one. So like, who knows? An expected loss. That's what I'm saying. Like an expected loss, almost like Wolverine. (laughs) Like like what's an expected loss mean? So multiple. And then almost yeah, exactly. But then almost like when the last line about. Uh, a sunset hours after the dawn like it's necessary to lose that whoever that person yeah. is mm-hmm. so I'm wondering what the hell that means and that actually gets me really excited about I am I am excited and I am I, I'm excited but with the caveat of knowing that some of this isn't always my cup of tea like this sure, yeah. like fantasy based stuff isn't always stuff I like um but I'm still excited. Like I'm still, I'm still, I still want to know where this is going because like, it's a very fresh take on this X-Men. Like we we're going, we're taking a hard turn here now from going from talking about like socio-political outcomes of the mutants having their own homeland to, okay, but now let's talk about like the fantasy world and witchcraft. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck is that? How did we get here? (laughs) How did we get here? But all right, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm really excited for this event, and I can't wait to see just how far they go with it. Because to me, if I'm going to attack Rakoa, mm-hmm. the first person you should try and kill is one of the five. You kill one of the five, that's it. You win. That's it, yeah. So I wonder what the contingency plan is for the five. Yeah, I know. There's got to be, but I don't know what it is. Some kind of backup. There's like If you there... kill – and I think they did it on purpose. And this, might again, might be a spoiler for X-Factor. They called Hope the special sauce of the group. Uh, yeah, but was that a because, hint? <laughs> that no, that's because Hope's power is basically topping everyone's power. Yeah. So yeah. like without her, they couldn't really do what they needed to because she's like kind of amplifying it all. Yeah. But again, the same thing applies for everyone. If you kill yeah. one of the five, oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like resurrection's done. I think that will be the first big blow. Like, they won't lose Krakoa, but losing the ability to always come back, I think they will lose eventually. Yeah, especially with how how like lightheartedly they're taking it now yeah you know and when that happens then they'll lose someone and it'll really hit everyone like we can't keep fucking dying yeah <laughs> like shit we gotta go back to try not to die again fuck uh, yeah that was, that was so hard we were bad at it before honestly <laughs> and it, it leaves a lot of room for writers because we don't know exactly everyone who was brought back as a as a reader so yeah. if you're a new writer coming in, oh yeah, this character's back that's been dead. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were brought back during that time period. Whatever. Yeah. So it's a good writing way out too. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. What a journey. I have no clue how long this is. I lost uh, track of probably a little over an hour. All right, we'll that's figure. Fine. I'll let you know when we're done. <laughs> uh, so next episode we are going to watch or not watch. We're going to review Legion, right, Josh? Oh, don't we have like a bunch of new books we can still do? We have two. We have X Factor, and then just yesterday, three books came out. Yeah, that's fine. We can get a few more <laughs> for the next week. All right, fine. Son of a bitch, you're gonna finish the show. You're gonna yeah. finish something in your life for once. No, I'm not. You're not the boss of me. 
<laughs> Get us out of here. We'll do Legion next time, everyone. All right, next time is Legion, guys. I am Nick. You can find me at Madman3005 on Twitter, which, again, thank you guys for being so active on Twitter with us. And saying how much you missed our show. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. Josh, where the hell can they find you? You can find me at Xbrarian. I'm going to try to get back on the Twitter machine more. I did uh, miss you guys probably way more than you missed me, actually. So I'm, I'm going to be back talking shit about X-Men on Twitter again. So let's do it. And you know what? Maybe if we end up, if time works out right, maybe we'll review uh, New Mutants if it ever happens, if we ever can. Yeah, if they put it on video on demand. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> or no one's in the theater at all. And it's 25 cents to go in. I'll go on one of those 25 cent days. When no, I that's not even movies. a joke. Like, there's no, some I know. theaters I saw, you know, I saw, dirt I saw cheap. I know. <laughs> like, please come back. We've yeah. made no money in the past six months. So. I don't know. I still feel like I don't want to risk it. Just give it to me video on demand. If to. no one's in a theater, like, if I do the pre-check thing and no one's yeah. there, like, at five minutes before the show starts, fuck it, yeah. If literally two people are in the theater, which might happen anyway for New Mutants, then yeah, yeah who cares? First of all, you didn't need that. Get us out of here. Come on. We're trying to get out of here for the people. All right. All we right, guys. Be- Josh, Legion next. you guys know they can find you. Might be Legion next. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you deeps in the depths of Krakoa next time.